Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Sometimes we'd just love to hop on a plane to a world unknown, but when you're a busy parent, life can get in the way. Single mum Evie Farrell didn't let that stop her. Didn't let anything stop her, in fact. She grabbed a backpack and bought a one-way ticket to the Philippines with her then six-year-old daughter, Emmy, to make those travel dreams happen. What resulted left Emmy with experiences and life lessons that can't be learned in a classroom. Evie has now written a delightful book called Backyard to Backpack to document their adventures, and I'm joined by both of them now. Hello, Evie, Emmy, welcome. Hi. Hello, thanks for having us. <laughs> now, of course, Emmy, you are 10 years old. What year are you Nine. now? Nine, nine years and what, old. Nine years old. I just upped your age. Yeah, uh, but it's close. I'm in January. January. And what year are you in at school? I'm in year four. Okay. And so kindergarten, was it kindergarten or year one when you first went away? I think. No, I think it was You just year. finished kindergarten. Yeah. Just finished kindergarten, which is a big year. Let's accept that first year of school is a big year. Evie, what made you decide that that was the moment that you were going to take off? I was struggling with trying to get enough time with Emmy and I faced the challenges that I think most parents and especially working parents face when every day I was rushing off to work very early. I was coming home very late and I didn't get time enough to spend with Emmy. And I think the whole, that year, that first year of school with her at kindergarten, and I knew she was sitting at a desk all day inside a classroom and I was on way over the other side of Sydney sitting at my desk in an office in the city and I just thought this is this is just not what life is about and this is not why I have a daughter. Um, and I wanted, I really wanted more time with her and I just, you know, it's hard to be able to still earn enough money to pay the mortgage and the bills and survive and also have the time with Emmy. And after a very close friend of mine passed away, it made me realise the time is now. We don't have any time to waste at all. And, and that was it. Which is the, the inspiration. And then we have the practicality. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I assume you were in a full-time job. You're a single parent. Um, and you've just explained the restrictions on time with that. But then you've also got money you need mm. to be able to afford to go. So how did you actually, I mean, was it a long plan? How did you decide to finance it? Yeah, I'm very fortunate. I mean, I'd been working for almost 20 years by this stage and I had, you know, bought an apartment. Um, I just bought a home for us and I had some savings. So it's not that... um, you know, all of a sudden I had some money or anything like that. It it was a long-term thing that I'd always been saving. But what I was planning to use that money for was to do certain renovations around the house because I was in a little bit of that trying to keep up with everyone else and especially being a solo mum, feeling that there were... I mean, and I always like to be tactful because I don't think it's a very conscious thing, but I do feel that people um, look at single mums or solo mums very differently. And so for me, there was always a matter of definitely wanting to keep up and keep myself high in other people's esteem, which is not a bother for me since coming home from traveling because I just (laughs) learned so much and I'm just, you know, so much more confident now. But I had money that I was planning to, you know, redo the kitchen. 
thankfully, I, I didn't do that. I used the money for us to travel instead. Then I had that money there. And, um, and yeah. And Emmy, do you remember anything about that time, like before you left? Do you remember how mum told you about the fact that you're going to go away, that you didn't have to go back to school? Yeah, so we were just sitting at a table and mum said, well, how would you like to go travelling for a year? And then I said yes. And then she just showed me the places that we were going to go to and I was really excited. Yeah. Um, I can imagine you were excited, <laughs> especially that bit about not going back to school. Um I think what people, like, it's really great to hear a story like this, but then people are like, how do you practically make it happen, particularly with school? Um, so you took Emmy out for year one. Was it the whole year? Did you plan for it to be a year? Yeah, I mean, one of the great things about our trip and I think that made it so beneficial and freeing for me was that we didn't actually have a deadline. I just pulled the number out. I just said, let's go for a year. It ended up being about two and a half. Um, but what made it fun was that we were never working to a deadline. So we never were working to coming home. So we didn't have an ending in sight. But what I discovered was that there's distance education program in New South Wales that I could sign Emmy up to, which I did. And we set off. I was all full of beans and so excited that I was going to be <laughs> teaching her. And I thought, oh, this is just going to be so amazing. <laughs> I like that Emmy's laughing at that. Oh, because... Well, how did it go, Em? <laughs> mm. This is our only sore point of our whole trip. This is the only downside. The only source of pain was trying to teach your own child is actually incredibly challenging. Oh, no, that does not surprise me in the least. What surprises me is that you were excited about it. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, really. I, I don't know. I really was excited. I, I But you know what? I did get... What I hoped to get out of teaching her in that kind of classroom environment, I suppose, or teaching her the structured work, mm. well, um, I got through showing her the world and seeing her learn about different religions and being exposed to different cultures and the environment, learning about wildlife and also what I think was really great for her and that kids need to, need to experience these days is seeing how other children live so that they can understand how fortunate they are because I think at the moment what kids see is a lot on YouTube and TV of children that have more than them mm. and they're not seeing the other side so that they can see how, how grateful they should be for the wonderful life they have and what they can do to help others as well. So before, I want to ask you about that in a second, Emmy, in yeah. terms of what it was like for you, but um, can you give me a as much as you can remember of two and a half years rundown of where you went? Oh, I remember lots of that. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, we spent most of our time in Asia. And I think we went to most um, countries. We spent a lot of time in China. We went to the Philippines, uh, Hong Kong, Singapore, Taiwan, which was a little surprise packet. We loved Taiwan, didn't we, Emmy? Yeah. We spent time in Vietnam where Emmy went to school because we were just failing doing distance ed. Six months. Yeah. So we signed her up to distance ed, uh, to um, an international school there in Hoi An. Yeah. And um, yeah, she went to school there and that was great. She would go in. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> yes. There's a little sneeze there from Emmy. <laughs> she would go in barefoot every day with a little small classroom. So yeah. it was amazing for me because it was an entirely different schooling experience. So instead of me running off and someone else getting him to school, 
We would get up and have breakfast. She would jump on the back of a push bike, chuck our helmets on. I would ride her, double her through the busy streets to school. She'd kick off her shoes, fist pump the teacher, Miss Belinda. Fist pump, hug or high five. And then at the end, we ride back and every afternoon we'd get a Nutella crepe. Oh, nice. Well, that's a, that's <laughs> a benefit. Ride through the rice paddies and, yeah, it was really lovely there too. Yeah. Um, one of the things that strikes me about this trip that is so foreign to me as a parent um, of two children, similar, well, not similar ages, they're seven and five, is that I cannot imagine my life without structure. Like I can't actually imagine <gasps> anything working. Wow. It kind of makes me feel a bit panicked. But it sounds like that whole, everything about that experience was in a way unstructured. You didn't know when mm. you were coming home. You stopped in places where it felt right. You yeah. were doing different things in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at, at some points we were just like, we were at a country, for example, and then we didn't know where to go next and we'd just sit up one morning in bed and say, do you want to go to this place, do you want to go to this place? And then we just went to what place we wanted to go. Yeah. Wow. And you know what? At like, It is just so freeing. So I will never forget the moment that we walked through the airport through immigration and it w- it was like just drawing a line it was like we crossed a line and I went from having you know work and bills and mortgage and you know everything from getting the lawn mowed and fixing whatever needs fixing up in the house and paying the insurance so everything that we have in our heads that the homework the, <laughs> the sports everything and I walked through there and I had nothing <laughs> nothing in my head except going to get a glass of bubbles and a cheese plate uh, yeah. <laughs> in the Qantas lounge before we jumped on the yeah. plane to the Philippines. And that was it. We yeah. had, I had nothing in my head. And it was the most incredible feeling because all I had to focus on there was just having the best time I could have with my daughter. <laughs> yeah, And that was all that I needed to focus on. We'll be back with Evie and Emmy right after this. When you become a parent, you enter an exclusive club, one that only other parents can truly understand. I spent a lot of time running and yelling names. Come back, get back here. But I bought him one of those backpacks that had a lead, like, you know, a monkey one. Because it doesn't look as bad. Yeah, like a disguise. (laughs) The Parent Panel is a weekly podcast that invites adults to ponder the big questions of looking after small children with more than a bit of humour mixed in. Join us for The Parent Panel wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to Evie and Emmy. It's probably worth saying that, um, as you mentioned, it, it's not something everyone can do, is it? Oh, I don't know. Why not? Well, everyone... Why not? Well, you need money. So two and a half years, yeah. did you work in that time overseas? I rented my house out. But like I was saying, that I had saved for a long time and I'd worked for a long time. So I feel like if you have a goal... You do need to work towards it. So, hope, yeah, yeah, I understand possible, it's but hard. Yes. yes. Yes, I understand for people it might not be like immediately achievable. I like to be optimistic and think there are ways to achieve things. If, if you want it badly enough, there yep. are ways to do it. There's ways to earn money on the road. I rented our house out, so we were really fortunate that I had money, but we also had an income coming in. It's very cheap to live in Asia. 
we could live on fifty dollars a day for accommodation and food. And we, one of the great things is that when you live cheaply there, you're supporting local communities and the local economy. So you're eating at local restaurants and giving money then to local families, or you're using local tuk-tuk drivers, or you're staying in guest houses that support local families. So. It's it's just such a great way to travel that's affordable and helping others. Um, but yeah, and but when it comes down to that, I think a lot of limitations we place upon ourselves by saying putting up barriers. That this is the way it the needs to be. And it yes. Doesn't, I mean, Emmy, uh, just something that your mum said then made me think. So are you a, a fussy eater? I'm yes. assuming you are. Yes. As in, yes. how did you find the food in Asia? How did you go there? Well... In Vietnam, I did not like the pho, but <gasps> one of the main... No. No, no. No, no. no Horrifying. No. no. Right. But the main things that I normally had in Asia was plain rice and chicken curry. That was, like, really good. Xiaolong bao. She loves oh, yeah. Xiaolong bao. Yeah, yeah. Xiaolong bao, green beans and pork, Taiwan. Yeah, that was so good. Satay. <laughs> so, Em will say she's fussy, but that's just because she's unwilling to try. Yes. And usually once I get her to try something, she just loves it. So too, Well, obviously you're still here, so you didn't starve while you were over there. Um, and <laughs> tell me, <laughs> Emmy, is all right. You're nine. That's what happens. You jig about. Um, so what about friends, Emmy? How did you find – so it, another thing that I think parents worry about with children who are at school is that you're at an age to make friends mm. and sometimes get quite attached and all of that sort of stuff. So how did you feel uh, firstly about leaving kindy and then spending all that time with your mum? Just pretend she's not here when you answer that question. <laughs> okay. Um, so when I was leaving kindy, I had a few close friends um, but, you know, I knew I, it wasn't the last time I was going to see them. So I knew there we, we were always going to be friends. So when I came back, it would just be the same. And it was. Yeah. So you came back and it was fine coming back. Yeah. What was it like coming home after two and a half years away? <laughs> I couldn't, um, when we were, wait, where did we fly home from, from our last trip? Phnom Penh. Yes, Phnom Penh. So, no, no. Like, on the two years, our last trip on the two years. Yeah, yeah, we were in Cambodia. Oh, we were? were? Yeah. Oh, okay. So then... So many countries, (laughs) it's hard to remember. (laughs) So then uh, when we came home from Phnom Penh, I was sleeping, and then, like, one hour until we got back to Australia, I woke up, and I just couldn't get back to sleep because I was so excited that we were coming back to Australia. That's nice. Yeah. (laughs) And so you went back to the home you'd been renting out? Yeah, and yeah. the the okay, so that as well is an adjustment, right? How um, you've mentioned Evie that it's it was a very liberating experience to go away. Sometimes coming home, I mean, not sometimes, often coming home is the hardest part. Yeah. It wasn't exactly a holiday because you had two and a half years where you were. Evie was going to school. Emmy was going to school. Sorry, you weren't going to school. Um, <laughs> we've done that. We don't need to go back no, there. Trust no. me, Emmy. Um, and and that sort of travel is not. It's not like you're sitting on a beach with your feet up. But still, like you said, it was quite liberating as a parent to yeah. have that freedom. Coming back home, moving, coming back into a a society where, as you say, we have those expectations, and in a way, it's 
I would imagine, be quite hard to maintain what you had when you were outside of that. Mm. What was it like for you coming home? Yeah, I was really worried about it. To be honest, I didn't really want to come back. But we had to because I, you know, we were out of money and, and I needed to get Emmy back. It was important for us that we had our home because that was a bit of an anchor for her. Um, and yeah, I struggled. I, I did. And I think I still do. And I probably always will because it's not me to be in one place and it's not me. Like I said, I, I changed a lot and I did. And in some ways I'm much more comfortable at home now because I'm so much more comfortable in myself after traveling that uh, things that mm, made me probably feel not so great about myself before uh, don't bother me at all. So I'm just me. Yes, and I because you rode and... on a bike in Vietnam <laughs> with your daughter on the back in traffic. I reckon that would put a lot of things into perspective. Yeah, yeah that's right. So that's what, right. what do you feel, I mean, it, it might be hard to crystallise this, but what do you feel you learnt as a parent in terms of parenting, regardless of where you are, what do you think you learn okay. when you're away? <laughs> I have to say, though, just <laughs> before I get into all the great stuff, that I'm still pretty crap. So poor um, Emmy went to beanie day without a beanie yesterday. Probably um, <laughs> was the only kid in like really not a very convict looking convict outfit a few weeks ago. <laughs> so I'm still the same in that regard. Um, but some of the things I learnt, oh, wow, it really giving them freedom. Yeah. So M just thrived with me just letting her go and letting her lead. We really were such a great team when we travelled and it was very much less of me saying, we're doing this, like you follow. It was a conversation. It was things that Emmy would come up with and say, Mum, I saw this, I want to go. This is what, how we ended up walking on glass walkways in China around the top of the, the Zhangjiajie mountains. Uh, was because Em saw it and she wanted to, to do it. And it was, I think, empowering for her to be able to say, Mum, I want to do this, and me like validating it and saying, great idea, let's go. So I think that was probably one of my big lessons. And I think also, like in terms of travel, it's just letting kids have their downtime. So there are a few times, like, for example, we were in Taipei about to go to this amazing memorial and Em spotted a like, Disney Frozen exhibition. She's like, oh, <laughs> Mum, we've got to go. And I'm like... We're in Taiwan. Come on. <laughs> I was like, no, she needs this. We yep. went and did it. It was great oh fun. God. There was bobsleds in there. There was like ice. Like mm. Wow. And then yeah. you, you you get up. It's like tiny, but it was still fun. Like I was little, so yeah. it looked bigger for me. So then we walked up. Mum was behind me. I was in front of her. And we slid down the ice thing and it was hilarious. Sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of thing, letting her do that, even though it wasn't on something that I really wanted to do, letting her do that made her happy for the rest of the day. And then I could, you know, drag her around to the more <laughs> cultural experiences, which we loved anyway. So yeah. I think that was a big lesson for me too, just doing that, that give and take as mm. well. Yeah. And um, you, you sort of touched on at the beginning there in terms of independence and allowing kids to, oh, yeah. because we have a big problem with that. I think, well, challenge for most parents is to let their kids go out and play in the backyard without them seeing them, particularly when you live in cities or urban areas where, you know, there's cars, etc., mm. running around. Do you feel like Emmy has that well, I should ask you, Emmy. How do you feel about that now? Do you get out and about on your own? Yes. Sometimes. <laughs> Probably a little bit less here because, you know, we have come back into a more structured way of life. 
Um, we are slowly kind of extending how far she walks home from school, making that a little bit bigger, going to yeah, the first I walk corner to the train and then to the next now. corner. I walk to the train station. Um, yeah, that's, that's a really good question, actually. But I think for me, a lot of the freedom for M came from the environment that we were in. And um, yeah, but no, I am, I am very much allowing of M to run off with her friends. If they say, we're just going to go over here, then yeah, I'm fine with that. I think also there's a lot of, um, I have, one of my best friends is a, a single mum and her child is way more independent before my kids were out mm. of necessity. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing thing to watch and I learn a lot from watching how she parents because she doesn't have the luxury of being a helicopter parent, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So you're lucky, Emmy. Um, look, there is, I have still so many questions, but then I would keep you here all day. <laughs> you have written a book about yes. it. Did writing the book kind of keep that alive for you while you were in it? Yeah, writing the book was, yeah, oh, it was, it was really tough. It was so tough. Um, but one of the great parts of it, which actually kind of probably made me a little bit slower, was reminiscing was really going back and really thinking back over those amazing experiences that we had. And then also looking deeper into what we both got out of it, what Emmy got out of it, what we got out of it as a mum and a daughter, spending all of this valuable time together and learning about each other because we really didn't know each other that well before we left because we just didn't have time. And I was always thinking about, it was me learning more about Em, but she learned so much about me, which is so good for her. Um, and then... Yeah, me realizing what I'd gained as a as a mum and as a, a person, um, yeah, was was really great. So I think a lot of the stuff that I write about really came out, and I discovered just through that process. Anyway, mm, of going reflecting back, in and ways, yeah, isn't it? we don't yeah. get time to reflect. We don't. So what is next now that you're home? Yeah, so now we're home. I'm I'm working again so that we can go again uh, with Emmy Year Four. I feel like, and I'm even pushing it, I think, but, you know, next year's year five and that's probably the last time that we'll have to do an extended trip. So we're, we're traveling a lot. <laughs> I don't think I'm very popular with the school. Uh, we're doing short trips, which I need to stop so I can save. And next year we want to go on a big trip. I'm not sure where to yet, but, again, I just feel like we're running out of time. So we need to do that. So we'll be off again sometime next year. Not sure where, but, yeah, can't wait. Okay, so your book is called Backyard to Backpack. It's yes. out now. <laughs> Emmy, Evie, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having us. Thank you. <laughs> That's Evie and Emmy Farrell. And as I mentioned, the book is called Backyard to Backpack. And we'll pop a link in the notes to this episode for how you can get a copy. Samuel Johnson is a well-known and well-loved Australian actor with a personal story that has helped ignite a nationwide movement. It's been a religious experience in a way. Um, uh, it's, I've found a sense of belonging. I've found some meaning. Uh, and I've found it in the arms of Australians everywhere. Um, and it ceased being about my sister a long time ago. On the next episode of Feed, Play, Love, Sam talks about what his campaign for breast cancer awareness has taught him and just how close he is to reaching his and his sister Connie's ultimate goal. This podcast is produced by Debbie Ning. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Listener.